are you more concerned with you being at the forefront of God's plan or are you more concerned with his plan being established? At the end of the day, every single one of us, we are supposed to just be workers in his field. We should be more concerned with the kingdom of God being established so that if we see another man doing it, and even if it's at a greater capacity, we should be applauding. We should be happy because the work is getting done, even if we are not at the forefront. Even if we are not at the forefront, even if we don't get all the praise for it, even if we only get to steward five people or three people, our circle of influence is only two people. While you're seeing other people that are influencing millions, you should be happy that there's someone influencing the millions because the kingdom of God on the earth is being established. Are you more concerned with your role in God's plan or in his plan being established? Okay. Hey guys. Hey y'all. Welcome to In Position episode 8. Well, first of all, before I even start for real proper, let me talk about this look I've got going on. Um, <laughs> this was not me trying to be like some Nubian queen or whatever, like putting a scarf on. Honestly, I think I've really gotten to the point of you know, I'm, I'm trying not to have any excuses. This is no excuses me. So if you notice the very last episode, I didn't have any makeup on. I was tired. I didn't feel like it. I'm not really a makeup person, but you know, my skin has not been behaving itself. It's been acting up. So I always feel like I would be more comfortable at least putting on some foundation, nothing major. So I've been doing that the previous episodes and that was an excuse sometimes for me not to do certain things. I post the videos like, oh, I don't have the energy to put on foundation right now. And if I can't do that, I can't do the video. But the last episode, I'm like, you have to put out this episode. You have to record this. And if you can't do the makeup, so be it. All the extras, you don't need it. And so I think that I it was a major milestone for me to put that episode out without makeup even though that sounds ridiculous it was sorry it was a major milestone for me because again that was something I had depended on and I'm like I can't afford to have any excuses this is commitment right we are committing we're being diligent we're being disciplined we're being consistent for what words that I really believe the Holy Spirit gave me for this year anyways the point I was getting at is yeah, what is underneath this scarf? You know, it was another one of those days where it's like, I don't know how on earth I'm going to get on camera with my hair. And it's like, you you, you just got to do it. We got to find a way to do it. So this is the way we're doing it. And, you know, I spoke to some of my friends. One of my friends is like, that is giving Tiandra vibes. And you know what? I rock with that. So today... In position with Tiandra. That's what we're doing. Welcome. Oh my goodness. Um, today's episode, you know, I was so fired up about what I want to speak on today. Um, it's one of those real-time things that I believe the Holy Spirit brought back to me this week. 
not just in memory, but something I've actually had to act out. And of course, if you're watching this or listening to this, you can already see the topic. So you know that this is on comparison. Let's just get into it. Um, I tried to put down some notes and stuff because there's there's so much that was just like pouring out of me from the Holy Spirit. There's so much concern in this topic that I am even a little concerned that everything might not come to memory. Uh, I, I did like a little voice notes because um, little bits and pieces have been coming to me. I did a little voice note earlier today. And if I don't remember all the things that I said on that voice note, I'm going to append it to this video because I think this is so needed. It's so needed. I like to start, um, well, previously I've been starting with questions, but you know, I like to use analogies. I like to use analogies because I think it makes things more relatable. Sometimes things can seem so far out of reach, right? So I want you to humor me for a minute. Humor me for some moments, actually. Um, let's say we're going to a nice feast, a nice dinner. Um, we go to this nice fancy restaurant and we're having like three course meals, okay? Amazing. And sometimes for the appetizer, you can get like some soups or whatever. So I'm really hoping this is not too loud. Let's adjust that. Yeah, I think this, I think this is better. Yeah. Um, let's say, you know, three course meals. And part of that is like some soups, for instance. So as you know, when you go to these restaurants, they give you the cutlery that is necessary for what you plan to eat. So usually you'd have like a spoon, a fork, a knife, maybe even a bigger spoon. They have like the big spoon, the small spoon, bigger fork. I don't know. I'm not a cutlery fanatic, whatever. But they do have these utensils that are needed. Now, just imagine with me that your friend across from you ordered some soup and your friend is trying to take her soup with the fork and while she's struggling with the fork she's complaining that this fork is so stupid because it's taking her forever because obviously a fork is not designed to scoop soup same thing with pasta you can probably find a way to eat your pasta well i shouldn't say pasta in general because they're different shapes but let's say spaghetti to be specific spaghetti fettuccine linguine those kind of pastas right Say you're trying to eat that with a spoon, just a spoon. You can maybe find a way to do it, probably. But it's going to take you more time. It's not the most efficient. It could be frustrating. And you might find yourself complaining to your friend. Like, if, if your friend was complaining to you about that, like, I'm not able to eat this thing. This um, spoon is stupid because it's taking forever to eat my past. What would your reaction be? It sounds ridiculous because obviously a spoon wasn't purpose to be eating spaghetti and a fork wasn't purpose to be scooping soup now last thing before last analogy you know before we we get into the real deal imagine going to a steakhouse when you go to a steakhouse and you actually order steak you plan on eating steak right you are more than likely going to get a steak knife you get a knife to cut your steak it's purpose for that. You get like clean cuts and you can also get a fork, right? Now you can probably cut your steak with the fork, but it's going to take you some time. It's going to take you some effort. 
it's not the most efficient. It's probably going to be a little raggedy and haphazard. It's not going to be a clean cut. It's just not the most convenient or the most efficient way to cut your steak. What is efficient for you to use a steak knife? So even though you could probably get the job done, it's more exhausting. It's more exhausting time-wise, effort-wise, all round. And that's because the fork was not designed to be cut in a steak on its own. This is what it looks like with human beings. Now, remember all these things we're mentioning, the spoon, the fork, the knife, they're all cutlery. They're all utensils, just like we're all people. However, we are people that have been designed for specific works. We are people that have been purposed to do specific things. And even if you're called into the same territory, whatever that looks like, maybe marketing or media or podcasting specifically, or being a YouTuber, or being a content creator, business strategist, whatever, even if it's the same title, the idea is that it's not supposed to look the same because you're not the same. We're all people, just like they're all utensils. But a fork is not a knife. And I am not you. And you are not me. And you are not the next man. You're not the person that you keep comparing yourself to. And so it doesn't make sense. Paul literally says how ignorant it is to compare yourself using yourselves as a standard of measurement. I'm going to pull my laptop up because I want us to actually review. I want us to be able to reference some of these scriptures. I want us to be able to reference some of these scriptures. Um, Comparison. Before I, I, I pull up that scripture, comparison is one of the standard repeated tools that the devil keeps using to play mind games or not. See, let me tell you something. The devil doesn't have new tricks. He doesn't. He's recycling. It's the same old thing he's using for everybody. He's repeating the same thing. He accuses people. He gets people to, to feel ashamed. He leaves you to marinate in negative thoughts it's just the same thing. He gets you to question your identity. How's you feeling insecure? Blah, blah, blah. And the devil actually doesn't have that much power. He only has as much power as we let him have. But these are the strategies that he uses. So why are we choosing to be ignorant? If we are aware of the enemy's schemes, we don't have to play defense. We can play offense. That way we don't have to wait for him to throw things at us for us to be on guard. We can protect ourselves. We can be ready at all times. And I think that that's the way we should be. We we don't need to compromise ourselves. Let us just be ready always. Let us be ready so we don't have to start gearing up when he comes at us or then start to have, you know, start healing because we've already been bruised or wounded. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's real. Ignorance can kill. Oh my gosh, I didn't plan to rhyme, but there we have it. That's a bar. Seriously, ignorance can kill. Ignorance can kill. Yeah, so this is one of those topics that, like I said, I just knew... 
I had to speak on I, before even I I was aware that this is the platform I was going to be working on before I knew God wanted me to do a podcast there were just certain topics that I'm like you know what whatever platform you give me this has to be addressed because the devil is playing games with us we got to expose him and one of those things was comparison I knew at some point I got to talk about this and when the podcast um, became the channel when I became aware that the podcast was a channel I'm like yes this for sure is going to be one of those topics comparison and you know it's now so much easier to compare yourself in the age that we're that we're in you know with social media this was not a thing 50 years ago of course you could compare yourself because you see yourself with you know you see other people in person you see some people maybe on tv but it wasn't as much of a problem because they didn't have access to everybody else's projected projected life with a click of a button and now this is something that is causing a lot of people to abort their mission abort their assignment because they can't mind their not not they can't because they are not minding their business minding your business is biblical no quite literally quite literally there's a scripture first thessalonians 4 11 i'm gonna pull that up first thessalonians 4 11 it says make it a goal to live a quiet life minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before minding your business is biblical there is a reason for that it's so easy to get distracted. And when we get distracted, many times if we're not solid and already knowing who we are, you know, then it's, you know, it comes back to this identity crisis. If you don't watch the last episode, please go back and watch it. I feel like there's so much more I could have said in that episode, but I really spoke more so about tying identity to the things that you do, the roles that you play, some of the relationships that you have, the attention that you get, Identity is a big thing. If all of us would recognize who we truly are in Christ, recognize our authority and power, it is enough to make hell nervous. That's why he doesn't want us to know who we are. That's why he would rather we just exist in ignorance and oblivion. That took a turn. But it's so important. There are so many people that are aborting their assignments because they can't focus you're looking at the next man, what they're doing. It looks great. You start to feel insecure and just inadequate and like you're not producing or doing enough. But here's the thing. This week slash last week, um, actually past few weeks really, but particularly this week and last week, I have been rereading the story of the talent the parable of the talents um particularly i've been reading the rendition i say rendition i've been reading it from matthew is what i'm trying to say and we know this story we know that there's one person who was given one talent and then somebody else was given two talents and then somebody else was given five right and both of the people that had two talents and five talents, they invested them and they got double. 
Now the person with two talents got two more. The person with five talents got five more. We know the issue. The person with the one talent went and buried it and, you know, he was called a wicked, wicked servant. But many times that's the part we focus on. That's not really what I want to highlight today in that story. What I do want to highlight is the fact that the person that had two and the person that had five, both of them were able to duplicate what they had. Now, obviously, that means that the guy with five now had ten. And the guy with two now had four. So one person seemed to have more than the other. Ten and four. It's more than double. But the master said the exact same thing to both of them. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. To both of them. He, he's not out here saying, oh, you with the four, well done. You tried with your little, you produced a little more good servant and then to the other one good and faithful servant you you did great no 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 it was the exact same thing he said to both of them well done good and faithful servant to both of them because both of them stewarded what they had well it's not about you producing what the other person is producing it's about you producing the best you can with what you've been given now the talent is you know in this case we're talking just about um, quantities but in our lives, with the people we see, it's not just about the numbers. For instance, let's say preachers or podcasters. One person may have a larger platform. One person may have more charisma. Somebody may be more extroverted. Somebody may be more, um, have a, just a, a really nice sense of humor, more excited and all of that. You have these people that are just so energetic you know what? Let's use real people. Let's try to use real people. Um, Tim Keller. Tim Keller is a pastor, preacher. Um, a lot of the messages I've heard really biblically sound amazing. I love his teachings, but he's pretty subtle. If you put Tim Keller and Mike Todd side by side, or Tim Keller and Sarah Jakes Roberts side by side, it's that they're Two completely different people. They are both doing the major work of teaching the gospel. They are both helping to build the kingdom of God, but it looks completely different. And if Tim Keller decides, oh my gosh, I like what Sarah is doing. I need to become like her. And then he starts adding all the pizzazz in his messages. Like he tries to embody her energy, tries to morph into her. Then all the people that were assigned to his personality, all the people that can only receive what he's given in the way that he delivers it, people that just prefer more calm, gentle teaching are now left unequipped. You've robbed them. Not only have you robbed yourself, you've robbed the people that were assigned to you. When you poach somebody else's assignment, you are also poaching assignees. And then you've robbed the people that were assigned to you. Remember the initial analogy, the analogy for this podcast, right? In position. And I, I'd explain this. I explained this in the very first episode where it's like a relay. You're running a relay. And if you are not in your position, then if you're the person that's supposed to receive the button, 
you don't get the button to move ahead. And then by not being in position to receive the button, it means the third leg also say, or the second leg, third leg also doesn't receive anything. The race doesn't move on. You've left people unequipped when you're not in your lane, where you're not in your rightful position. You've left people unequipped. There are people waiting on you to receive what has been given to you because nothing that we've been given is just for us. God uses us as channels. He gives things through us. He teaches us and wants us to teach others. He comforts us and wants us to comfort others, right? Gives us revelation and wants us to share that revelation, that knowledge, that insights with others, right? It helps us too, but not only are we beneficiaries, others too can be beneficiaries of that. We're not supposed to be selfish with what he's given us, right? So the point I'm trying to make is in that analogy, I want you to imagine that we're running relay and you're, you can be the first leg, say you're the first leg and you're running, the person beside you on the second lane is also running and you look at the person on the second lane and you like the way they're running their race. Their lane just looks so pretty. And so you swerve into the next lane. What happens to all the people waiting for you? What happens to all the people waiting for you? You've literally abandoned so many other people. You've messed up. It's, it's you know, I heard my brother say it this way. It's a three-way robbery. It's a three-way robbery because you've stolen from God by not doing what you're supposed to be doing because you're mismanaging what is in your hand. You've stolen from the people that are assigned to you. And quite frankly, you've robbed yourself too because often when God gives us something, it develops something in us first before it's also birthed through us, before we're able to give it out. Um. So yes, I just wanted to relate that back to the initial analogy that we have for this podcast, right? This idea of running your race. Just think about it. It looks so silly when you swerve into somebody else's lane. I was thinking about this. Do you know when you have horses racing, they put this thing on them for tunnel vision. And I believe it's called, I believe they're called blinders. I've just always had it's named as blinders in my head. We have to keep our blinders on. It's to help us focus so that we don't swerve to the left and swerve to the right and leave people unequipped and then we are missing our lane and we're not running our race. Tunnel vision, keep your blinders on. Focus, mind your business. Many times when we start to compare ourselves and it makes us feel bad about where we're at and what we're doing it's really there's a root there many times it's because of discontentment and sometimes disappointment but it often has to do with how we're managing what we do have i'll tell you for me um this week slash last week i've just been feeling some kind of way just not something has been off right um not consistently but i've had a lot of those moments and it's sitting with god like something just is not right and this is where it started from for me something is not right and i i believe the issue really was that i've not been doing a very good job with managing my time 
Um, cause I am looking at some of the things I'm doing. I'm like, I, I want this to be better. I want increase. I want that. And God is like, what are you doing with what you do have? What are you doing with what is in your hand? Sure. You may not have uh, a million followers or 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, but even if you have only 10, are you faithfully stewarding what you have, what you've been given? For instance, like quite practically, I have been consistent in doing this podcast, even though I have not done the best in managing my time. Like I, I've been doing like literally last minutes. <laughs> Maybe sometimes I'm posting it literally 10 minutes before midnight because I'm like, I have to put it out. But I haven't done the best with managing my time in that regard. But more so, even though I've been consistent with putting out the actual podcast, there are other things I should be doing. Like on the imposition page, I haven't really been posting reels or even posting um, little videos of each of these episodes like promos things to publicize like i've not been doing the best job with that and so that had me feeling some kind of way like i don't like the result i'm getting but at the same time it's like i'm not putting in the work that i could put i'm not doing the best that i should put and then my eyes drift to somebody else where things just seem to be working um they are attracting ears. They have a bigger audience. They seem to be building more. They seem to be doing great works for the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. All of that would not have affected me the way it affected me in that moment if I was content with what I was doing, if I really was maximizing what I had in my hand, if I was working with the talents that I had. Again, it's not about you having two talents or three talents or four talents or five talents, God is not going to judge you based on what he gave somebody else. He's judging you based on what he gave you. Based on what he gave you. So it doesn't make sense to compare with somebody else. There's also this parable. There's this parable of um, the vineyard because, you know, Jesus gave a lot of parables, particularly I'm referring to those of the kingdom of God. But that this parable, oof, but there's this parable where there were workers in the vineyard. Um, and some of those workers had been there like all day. And then the master called some workers. And I'm actually going to go to the scripture because I don't want to just speak out of turn. And also so you can go back and read this if you're interested. Yeah. So this is Matthew 20, parable of the vineyard workers. So. I'm going to read this real quick, actually. Um, 1 to 16. I'll try to skip the parts that are not really relevant to what I'm trying to say. But it says, For the kingdom of God is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them telling them he will pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. That was nine o'clock in the morning. Verses five. So they went to work in the vineyard at noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and he saw more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in the vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. 
each of the people that were hired at five o'clock received a full day's wage. Okay. When those who hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? And I'll stop there. The point that I want to make, the point that I want to make with this um, parable is, he's judging you based on what he's given you. For these people, for the people that started working at 5 p.m., they were called to the assignment at 5. Even if all they could do was work for one hour, He paid them according to what they did when he called them, what he called them to. And it's not because one person works for one hour and the other person works for nine hours, they get more. No, it's you had eight hours. What did you do with the eight hours? You got one hour. How did you manage the one hour? I am going to judge Judge and what is the word? Reward you. Judge and reward you according to what you did with what is in your hand. One talent, two talents, three talents, four talents. How did you steward that? One hour of work, 10 hours of work. From the moment you were called, how did you steward that? This is why it doesn't matter even when you come into the kingdom of God, right? When you accept Christ as your savior, it doesn't matter if you're the person that has been a Christian for 10 years versus somebody that just became a Christian six months ago. It's not about that. When you answer the call and you obeyed and you started walking with God, how have you been managing that time? Have you been obedient during that time? Because you could have been somebody that claims to be a Christian for 10 years and still you've not really matured. It's about your stewardship. When you start to feel, not when you start to feel only, when you really haven't been managing well or stewarding well what you've been given, that opens the gates for comparison, inadequacy, insecurity, because obviously you've not done the best with what you have. And then you start eyeing other people's assignments and what their assignments are producing. And really the root of the problem is that you're not doing what you can do. Now, I'm not saying that this is the case for everybody. Really, comparison comparison that leads to insecurity really stems from a deeper issue. It, it stems from insecurity. Comparison that's making you feel bad, jealous, envious stems from insecurity. But I mean, in terms of, in terms of it being... Um, a root of you not managing what you have well sometimes that's the case that was the case for me this week because I had a moment where I started to look to the side and start to feel inadequate and you know what I had to do 
first of all, I prayed, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this is that I'm feeling. I think, I think I, sm- I smell something familiar here. I don't like it. You don't like it. What is this? Tear that down. And then I had to remind myself of the truth. The word of God is your weapon. The word of God is your weapon. My people perish for lack of knowledge. There's power and authority when you know the word. Of, the word of God is life. It's not something people just say literally. When you study the word of God and you ask God to bring things to your remembrance and you ask him to give you a revelation, literally it can save your life. Because every lie that the enemy is throwing at us, those people are doing better. You should have that. You'll never get there. What you do will never be good enough. Blah, blah, blah. You need the truth to replace it. It is not enough to tear down a lie. You have to replace it. There is no room for vacancy. There is no vacuum in the spiritual realm. You can't leave a space empty and expect that it will not be occupied. I remember the story. I think it was Jesus. I was talking about like a vessel, right? A vessel that was occupied by a demon. And if the demon leaves and that vessel is, is, has been swept and is clean, it comes back with seven more of his friends. There's no vacuum. There's no vacancy in the spiritual realm. For everything that you take out, substitute it. And, you know, I've been saying this thing for a while when it comes to thoughts, because it's so important when it comes to thoughts, when it comes to lies, um, when it comes to activities too. But this week I was reading like the Bible, um, the Bible plan, right? They have their daily scriptures and everything, right? And I was like, hey, I didn't really think about this, but food too, physical food, physical food. I think the Bible plan, it was literally saying like, if you want to get rid of junk food, like stop taking as much junk food, then fill up with more of healthy food. Substitute. I like to call it the substitution theory or the replacement theory. You got to fill that space up. You need the word of God to fill the space. When you tear down those lies, the Bible tells us that we should take caps. Sorry, take those thoughts captive. Take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. How do you make them obedient to Christ if you don't know what Christ says? If you don't know what God says, how do you make them obedient? If you don't know what God says, how do you even know that those thoughts are disobedient? You need the word of God. I just, I can't emphasize it enough. There's something so powerful. Revelation can completely transform your life. And I really thought that I was over this comparison thing. Because God really stripped me of a lot of things. He was healing me. But I feel like as long as you're on this side of the earth, <laughs> you never arrive. It's always teaching you. The thing, though, is when I saw this thing start to creep up this time around, I recognized it. And I remembered the scriptures. And I have scriptures written and bookmarked. And I had to pull them up and remind myself of the truth because the devil will not have room. Not here. Not again. No. No. And it's funny because this week I was talking with some friends and this has been a common theme. This has been a common theme. I mean, it's common in general, but like literally this week. Getting to people to compare themselves in silence. Neither of us knew that we're having this thought and then he 
get you to pitch yourself against each other and it just it doesn't even make it doesn't even make sense because you're not the same your purpose for different works you're called to different people you're called to a different territory you have different people assigned to your assignments like at the end of the day something that is so important though this thing this idea of comparison when we start to get envious and jealous it's because of selfishness in that moment where we are comparing ourselves and starting to feel jealous and starting to feel inadequate, even if it's just for a minute, we have taken our eyes off of the people we're serving, the assignment that God has given us, and we've centered it on ourselves and how we want to be perceived and the name we want to make and the number of followers that we want to have because we want a bigger platform. I was reminded of something that really caught my attention when I was reading um, the book of Chronicles sometime last year. The man, David, that we all say was a man after God's heart demonstrated in so many ways. And this one really caught my attention. You know, David wanted to build the temple for God. And God said, no, you will not build it because he had too much blood on his hands, but he will have a son and there will be peace during his time and his son can build that temple. And that son was Solomon. And I don't want to speak without referring to the scripture so that we can always go back and read this, right? We can go back and read this. So this is First Chronicles 22 and I'm going to read 7 to 9 and then I'm going to read 14. So 7 to 9 says, this is David talking to Solomon. Said, my son, I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord, my God, David told him. But the Lord said to me, you have killed many men in battles you have fought. And since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be the one to build a temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace. Solomon means peace, by the way. I will give him peace with his enemies in all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. That's seven to nine. Right. This is what God said to him. And then I'm going to read verse 14. Verse 14 says, I have worked hard to provide materials for building the temple of the Lord. This is David speaking. Nearly 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver, so much iron and bronze that it cannot be weighed. I have also gathered timber and stone for the walls, though you may need to add more. And then even chapter 29, verse 3, just really quickly. It says, and now because of my devotion to the temple of God, I am given all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building of the materials I have already collected for his holy temple. What is the point I'm trying to make? Oops. What is the point I'm trying to make? The point I'm trying to make is David clearly wasn't given the opportunity to be front and center in the building of this temple. He didn't get to play a major role, but... Because he loved God so much and his focus was more so on honoring God and less about his role in that, less about him being at the forefront of that, less about him being the one to run everything. It was more about God getting what he wanted. Even if he wasn't involved in that, he was willing to play the background. He didn't get to build the temple. God told him he wouldn't build it. His son will build it. Yet it didn't stop him from contributing. It didn't stop him from listening to God and writing all the plans. He did all of this to pass it to his son. If God says to you, this is what I want. I want to build the kingdom. I want to establish the kingdom of God here on the earth. 
I want to do these great and mighty things, but for you, all I want you to do is just deal with these 10 people. You don't have to have a big platform with 1 million people. Are you willing to do that? Are you more concerned with you being at the forefront of God's plan or are you more concerned with his plan being established? At the end of the day, every single one of us, we are supposed to just be workers in his field. We should be more concerned with the kingdom of God being established so that if we see another man doing it, and even if it's at a greater capacity, we should be applauding. We should be happy because the work is getting done, even if we are not at the forefront. Even if we are not at the forefront, even if we don't get all the praise for it, Even if we only get to steward five people or three people, our circle of influence is only two people. While you're seeing other people that are influencing millions, you should be happy that there's someone influencing the millions because the kingdom of God on the earth is being established. Are you more concerned with your role in God's plan or in his plan being established? That is what it looks like to be a man after God's heart. They are not so consumed in yourself. You're not so consumed in how you want to be perceived, in the fame that you want, in the popularity, in the audience. You're more consumed with the work getting done, with his work getting done. I am just remembering the scripture that talks about the body of Christ and how all the parts matter and I don't have this open because I didn't think I was going to bring this up but I am going to look for the scripture so bear with me for just a few minutes or seconds um yeah once again praise the lord for google because that was really quick first corinthians 12 Yes, so 12 verses 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Actually, I'm going to skip this because I want to get to the main points that I, I have in mind. And that's from verse 14. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Different purposes. An ear is so small. An eye is so small. Different purposes. But our bodies have many parts and God puts each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if you had only one part, if you had only this very vibrant, um, cheerful, loud, extroverted, if all the preachers were like that, high tempo, just very dramatic and eccentric. How strange a body would be if you had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Let's see why the Holy Spirit led me to this verse, to this chapter rather. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. 
So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require the special care for God has put the body together such that extra honor and care given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. For if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. If you keep switching lanes, you are messing with the body of Christ. You are messing with the body of Christ. Because you're not thinking bigger. You're not thinking bigger. You're not thinking about the people that you were called to serve. When God gave you that personality, that temperance, the way you speak, your soft voice, even if you're a little monotonic, you didn't think about the people that don't like all the extras. There are people that don't like people that just, they feel like they just do too much. <laughs> there are people that don't like Mike Todd, for instance, because they feel like he just does too much. That's okay. Maybe they prefer... Tim Keller, and I don't know why I'm not able to think of others, you know, gentle preachers right now. I can only think of Tim Keller in this instance. I don't know why, but he's a really good example. And I love the way he preaches and his biblically sound. Well, you know, the instances I've heard, <laughs> biblically sound. We want all people right to be called into this kingdom we want all people to repent god wants all people to repent and so he's sending different people to reach the different people he knows that everybody's not going to respond to a mike todd he knows that everybody's not going to respond to a timmy talk he knows that everybody's not going to respond to a you insert your name what is your focus is your focus on you being the leader at the forefront of everything or is your focus on the work getting done do you care about the people do you have god's heart where he's like i don't want anybody to perish he wants all people to come to repentance that should be the focus and so when you see somebody else and their followers somebody else that's working in the kingdom of god preaching the gospel and their followers are tripling you're having 10 million and you you're still having one you should still be like yes because Lives are getting saved. Isn't that what is important? That souls are being saved. Isn't that what is important? This also links to this desire for credits. That's something the Holy Spirit was dealing with me on too. Because, you know, Holy Spirit be giving me some really cool um, one-liners. Sometimes like, oh my God, that sounds so dope. Now, when I say it, I think, oh, somebody else says it, and they don't say it. <laughs> God, I'm saying these things, man, and God is so patient and kind with us, because when I say them back, I'm like, wow, so stupid. <laughs> but literally, you start to feel some kind of way because someone didn't give you credit. Did you give yourself that information? That was the Holy Spirit. And if you really believe that is the same spirit that dwells in us, we all have access to the Holy Spirit. Then what are you claiming credit for? What are you claiming credit for? Did it come from you? Remember that we are just vessels here. Don't be so arrogant to think that if God didn't give it to you, he can't give it to somebody else. Self-centeredness and selfishness is a major issue that leads to comparison 
that breeds envy and jealousy. There's a scripture that says envy is like the rottenness of bones. It doesn't do anything good for you. Envy is like the rottenness of bones. I believe that's in Psalms. No, no, not Psalms, sorry. Proverbs. Proverbs 14, verses 30. James 3.16 says, let's open that, James 3.16. James 3.16 says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Doesn't that make perfect sense? Disorder. Because you've left your lane. You've left your assignments. You've left the people assigned to you. There's no order anymore. Wherever there is envy, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition. Oh, we just talked about selfishness. We just talked about selfishness. Wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I want you to remember that you're purposed for a unique work. You will start to feel better about yourself when you're solid in your identity. When you're solid in your identity and you'll start to feel better about yourself when you're properly stewarding what you have in your hands. Like I said, I exposed myself from the beginning because I'm learning these things too. There's really nothing I've come to say on here that the Holy Spirit did not convict me first. I don't think there's anything. I can't recall anything. I don't know. But that's something that's been working on me as well, like... First of all, remember who you are, your identity. And then another thing is make sure you are properly managing what you have in your hands. You know what? You know what I believe the Holy Spirit said to me last week and ooh, conviction, conviction. I was talking about how much to say. I was talking about some of the things that I have to do right now on a daily and I just would rather not do them. Like, God, please deliver me from this because I want more time. I want more time to do your will. You know, I've really come to the point that so many things feel so mundane. If what I'm doing is not contributing to the kingdom of God, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And some people are going to feel like that's extra, but I really just feel like nothing else matters. Really, nothing else matters. The point I'm trying to get at is this. I was asking God to deliver me from certain things. Like I need more time. I need more time. And I really think that this is what the Holy Spirit said to me because I wrote it down and I was like, ouch. Said, so if I'll give you more time, I'm just giving you more time to mismanage. Oof. And I was like, wow. Wow. But no lies were told. Because the free time that I have now, have I been properly managing it? No. And I've been praying to God to help me. I need to work on a schedule. I'm not really a schedule person. I know there are people that do very well with plans. Ah, I'm not generally the person to plan things. I like to be very flexible. But I think in this season, this is what I need. Make sure that you are managing what you have now. Whether that's time, whether that's resources, whether that's the connections you have. Properly manage what you have now. And then you can possibly ask for more. Maybe God is not allowing you to be increased because he doesn't want to give you more to mismanage. Maybe the elevation is not coming because you're not doing well with what you have now. The Bible does say that to whom much is given, much is expected. And the Bible did say to those 
those um guys with the talents that now he will give them more let me get the exact diction let me get the exact diction how did he say it to them it says the master was full of praise i'm reading verse 21 this is um matthew 25 matthew 25 verse 21 yeah it says the master was full of praise well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Have you been faithful in handling this small amount? Small amounts, whether that's your time, whether that's the information, the knowledge, the revelation you've been given, maybe that's the relationships that you have, whatever it is, have you been faithful in properly stewarding what you have now? I just exposed myself. I haven't done the best with my time. And I'm praying for God to help me to do the best because honestly, I I want change. And I feel like change is hinging on me doing better with what I have in my hand. Sometimes that's what our increase or elevation to the next level is dependent on. Hmm. I feel like this has already been a while I want to look through some of the notes that I made just to make sure that there's nothing really major that I didn't say. I'm just going to read some things as well. So why do you think is exhausting trying to do what they do, have what they have, perform how they do, mirror them, produce what they're producing and climb up the ladder that they're on because you weren't purpose for that assignment. That's not where God put you. That's not how he made you. Stay in your lane. The enemy will rather have you trying to play catch up with a bunch of other people, trying to latch onto other people's assignments that aren't ours. They weren't purposed for you. Many times it starts because of discontentment, and sometimes it's really because we are mismanaging what's right in front of us. Poaching assignments is poaching assignees. Galatians 6 4. Galatians 6 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work. And I'm trying to open it. Pay careful. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Do you see the order of that? This just this literally just puts everything I was saying in one verse. Focus, pay careful attention to your own work, manage what you have well, and then you won't have any need to be looking to the left and to the right to compare yourself to somebody else it was second Corinthians 10 where i believe paul was saying is really ignorant to compare yeah here it is second corinthians 10 verses 12 oh don't worry we wouldn't dare say we're as wonderful as those other men who tell you how important they are but they are only comparing themselves with each other using themselves as the standard of measurement how ignorant It's crazy how we can convince ourselves that it makes sense because we should have gotten there. We should have had this. We should have had that. Look at how they're doing. They're doing a great job. They're doing this. You're not them. You're not them. You're not them. You're not supposed to be them. God doesn't need duplicates. You have people that are called to you. Focus on your work. Focus on your work. Focus on your work. I say this to you. I say this to myself. Focus on your work. Let God be pleased with the return on what he gave you. 
Because what he put in your hand produces a unique return. No two people are the same. He's not expecting the returns to be the same. Don't rob the earth of the uniqueness that God is trying to display. There's a reason why you're not like her. He has works of art. He has unique pieces. Don't you want people to see what God can do? You don't want people to see God's diversity. Every single one of God's creations functioning in the way that he's called them to is revealing a different part of God's ability. It's showing more of his creativity. Just like when you see an artist with an array of works, you see, oh, they did this, they did that, different works of art. Oh, this person can do this too, so diverse. Like when you see actors that that are just able to take on different roles, you know, there are some really good, um, uh, well, I don't remember the word, I don't remember the word, but people that are able to bounce around in totally different genres, like they do action amazingly and they do romance amazingly. Every single, you know, task that they take on it shows that they're they're able to they're flexible they're diverse there is another word for it and the word is just like flying out of my head if i remember the word i'm probably gonna like add a box in the in the video um but they have range to summarize yeah when you see actors like that like oh they have range they're able to do that god has range stop hiding his work because you're trying to morph into somebody else. Everything that he's giving you, steward it excellently. Manage it well. Be diligent with that. Work in excellence. That is what he requires from you. I said I was going to end, and then I started reading scriptures again, but I am going to end this time. Um, I'm going to end. I just want to make sure that I'm not missing anything here that I really want to say. And I hope that I have been audible. It would be really sad if I haven't been. When God is judging us, he will do so according to what he's given us and not the other man. Comparison assumes we like we are like the next man and that we have the same seed and number of seeds okay i'll just read something else real quick when you allow comparison to allow you to switch lanes you've left the assignees to your packaging that is those that are drawn to what you can produce with your personality temperance uniqueness voice articulation etc and have instead gone to serve an already catered to group Then those who are called to you are left without the shepherd called to lead and teach them, a voice that they are able to resonate with. It often, often comes from a place of selfishness, like we've already said. You took your eyes off of those you are to serve and put them on you, even if it's just for a moment. Perception of yourself, fame, the numbers... I'm going to round up here. I'm just going to say, in summary, 
God purposed us for unique works. Remember this. Remember that comparison is foolish. Ask God to show you who you are. And as he shows you who you are and the assignment that he's given you, focus. Do your part to focus too. If that means that because you're still becoming secure and confident in the assignment God has given you, you need to take a break off of whatever platform is having you comparing yourself, do that. If you need to get off of social media to be solidified in your identity, to feel confident in your assignments before you're actually able to look at other people sincerely without comparing yourself, do that. Guard your gates, guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your eyes, do what you need to do. I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that this episode was a blessing to you. Um, It was a blessing for me. Not this episode, but again, these things I'm saying in this episode, God has been brewing on the inside of me. He brought them to remembrance through the week. You need the truth to combat a lie. You need the truth to combat a lie. Please open your word and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the truth so that you stop allowing the enemy just play with you anyhow. Don't be gullible. He's real. We have a real adversary. We have a real adversary. Don't be ignorant. Okay, I'm going on and on. Love you guys. Have an amazing week ahead. You know, subscribe, follow, I don't know all the things they say. And pray for me, please. I'm receiving prayers in Jesus' name so that I can work on a schedule and actually be diligent with what I have in my hands because I'm saying these things to you. It's another thing, me trying to put it into practice. I haven't arrived yet. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me, but I welcome prayers. All right. Have an amazing week and catch you in the next episode of Imposition. Oh, wait, before you go, if you found this helpful and you can think of anybody in your heart, in your mind, that this will be helpful for somebody that you know is struggling, even if you can't tell that they're comparing, you can see that they're insecure, please share this with them. Share this with them. Don't be selfish. Share this with them. I think it can be very encouraging and uplifting. Um, Share this with them. Follow us on Instagram. And... Look at the notes. I put in some links there. I've put up a number of blog posts. I don't know if I'm going to put one specifically on this topic right now. I will eventually. Um, But I will put a a blog post there, whether it's for this topic or for another relevant topic. I'll put that there and I encourage you to go read that as well. Follow us on all platforms and have an amazing week.